I want my chips with a dip, that's all I know. I don't want my chips plain, I want my chips with a dip. So bring them this. We are live once again here at the dip for a pretty pretty special episode, I would say. It's the trade deadline reaction. Honestly, it was a it was a real interesting trade deadline, in my opinion, today. A lot of a lot of happenings here in the NBA. So it's gonna be fun to talk about it. But I'm just honestly gonna dive right into this, man. And as a Lakers fan, I'm pissed right now at that organization. Like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, like when it when it comes out after the fact that you don't want to give up Taylor and Horton Tucker to get Kyle Lowry. I mean, I have my own reservations about that because see, I was, I listened to ESPN radio for a a few seconds today and I heard the host, I don't know what his name was, but he said that Kyle Lowry instantly, if he's traded to Lakers becomes a cog in the big three, they have a big three now. And he said that Schroeder doesn't get them. Isn't part. It doesn't make them a big three, but Kyle Lowry would make a big three. That's how important he would be to the Lakers. Do you agree with that? Yes. And then Schroeder's a fucking wonderful six man. They'd see, you know, they'd have to ship out Schroeder for him. You got to trade Schroeder for Lowry. Oh, with Schroeder in that? Okay, that's yep. fine. Yeah, because the the deal that Los Angeles wanted to put through was Schroeder, KCP, and THT Harold. Harold. Yeah, no, they wanted they wanted to throw him in, and then I believe some draft capital, some like first or second round picks, probably a first. Mm. to be able to to get that and i guess it would have worked and that's what that's what toronto wanted in the long run was was those three players but while well, they wanted they wanted a tucker instead of kcp which makes sense but then that like the lakers are too stubborn to move off of him because you know he's shown good garbage time minutes and like able to and they, like and they probably think if they're giving up Schroeder, they want to hang on the tht yeah, because he can he's able to handle the ball a little bit. Right. But good God, dude. What what more ball handling do you need when you bring in fucking Kyle Lowry next to LeBron? LeBron played point guard last year and won a fucking championship doing it. Well, when you're thinking about it, like think about right now, right now, what is LeBron James' status? He's out. He's out that he's out for they're saying at least three to five weeks. And AD's still out. Yep, and AD's still out. So who's on the team? I mean, I, granted, like, yes, you could have flipped Schroeder. You could have flipped Schroeder and those guys and gotten back that much, but then gotten back Kyle Lowry. But, like, what what bones do you have left at that point? Because then you're running, what, Kyle Lowry, um, Wes Matthews. You still hold on to KCP if you actually want to throw in Tucker. 
I'm uh, telling you right now, they don't drop nearly as many games in this stretch that their two big guys are going to be out if they bring in Kyle Lowry. I can promise you that. And if you're oh, trying yeah, to hold on to a that. seed and not come in as the seventh seed and have a really fucking tough first round matchup. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I remembered hearing uh, Zach Lowe talk about that. Um, he he was mentioning how like the Lakers, there's a good possibility. At least th- there's a real possibility they could drop to the play-in game. Yeah, they could drop to the play-in. Like they could drop that far by going. What is it like three and eight, two and ten in the next in the next few like weeks? Bro, we're talking probably fifteen to twenty games without LeBron and AD, Ugh. or at least without. Uh, with at least without LeBron, yeah, I don't know. I like I don't know when they plan on bringing AD back. Like, I like I know I don't think it's soon. It's definitely not soon. Yeah, I just I'm pissed, man. I just in my opinion, I am completely okay with what you have left there in terms of your bones. Because guess what? There's still a buyout market. The Marcus Aldridge just got bought out. Go go get Aldridge. You got you bring in Aldridge for some presence at your uh, your five, considering Harrell is gone now in this but trade. Does, if you went for Lowry, does well, Aldridge still other have guys a bad taste get in his mouth? Huh? Does Aldridge still have a bad taste in his mouth from 2015 free agency? He probably you think does. That still but, affects him. Uh, he probably does, but apparently he's. Uh, I heard he's still in talks with him them in Miami right now. Miami's in for everybody right now. We'll get Miami's to that, going like, all in. Miami's yeah, they're they're all in right now. Yep. Yeah, Oladipo was definitely a win now move in my opinion. I mean, I think they'll re-sign him, but it was definitely a win now movement. They're trying to get, they're trying to have a huge upset on someone again in the playoffs this year. I don't think it'd be an upset. I think they're favorite. They're everybody knows their cards now. Everybody knows Miami's cards now. Yeah, but I think there's still a lot of like belief that that was all fake. Talk about yeah, Miami. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I guess we could uh, uh, shift to Oladipo now since... Uh, well, well, let's take a step back here and look at the whole context of the situation because for some reason, this year's trade deadline has just been so much more exciting. I don't, I don't know if it's because now we have our own podcast, we can talk about it like in a more like presented way. It's just like, this year's trade deadline just had that cocaine energy to it where you're not, you know, you're like feverishly refreshing your F5. Oh, like dude, that. at work today, I was just all day waiting for the fucking bombs, man. <laughs> I'm sitting there like a little fucking addict. I was just like, where's he going, man? Where the fuck is he going? Me too. And I'll go on record here. I definitely uh, have criticized some of my coworkers for being on their phones at work during crunch time, especially. And today I have to publicly apologize because. At work today, I'm on my phone all day working Twitter. I was all over that shit today. I had it on the computer and on my phone at the same time. I I kept getting tweets of uh, people responding to your tweets. Oh my God. (laughs) I know. I was was happy with the engagement we were getting today, but my God, like some of these these bombs that were happening in real time were crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, I was taken so off guard by a couple of these ones to start off. But let's let's see here. We got all of our trades written down in front of us here. We are giving them some grades. We're going to go over basically the entire landscape of what happened today because right now it's uh, nothing about two shoestrings short of a shit show, I'd say. <laughs> Would you not say that? 
Uh, I actually like a lot of the moves, uh, like straight up. Um, yeah. But I will say that some of them I'm just not that impressed with, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we'll see how they play out. Um, but there was a couple of shocking, shocking things in my opinion too. Um, where do you want to start, man? So let's, let's just go back right into it with Miami. So Victor Oladipo pouted, complained and whined and got his way. Finally, this man was shilling for, for Miami for months. Everybody on planet earth with at least, a access to NBA Twitter knew that Victor Oladipo was basically shilling for Miami however and whenever he wanted dapping up their players in the playoffs asking to come play there like are you kidding me dude are you kidding me like uh, I just couldn't believe it like and part of me was just like deep down inside I'm like I hope this guy just doesn't get what he wants because one he's turned down extensions from the last two teams that he's played for, Houston and Indiana. Yep. Because he was eyeing that destination. Maybe he just had a bad taste in his mouth because when he was in Oklahoma City, he only played there for one year, but he signed a four-year extension with Oklahoma City to stay there. Very mm-hmm. next year, he got shipped for Paul George. So that whole thing happens. But you make that deal. You make that deal, especially back then. You, you ship him for Paul George. And... I don't know. Maybe he's just that afraid of it. It just kind of came down to the fact that so many guys in this league bet on themselves. They're like, I'm betting on myself. I'm betting on myself that my next contract year, I'm going to be balling out and I'm going to show out and make sure that I'm really worth it. And I don't have to sign this rookie scale extension. I don't have to sign this small extension that this team is offering me because some other team is going to come through. And I would say 80% of the time that does not work out. Just doesn't. Yeah. Because, because now I guarantee you Miami's not going to give him more than $20 million a year. Because one, they just don't have the space for it. They're already maxed Bam. And Jimmy's a max player. And they gave Goran Dragic a huge contract. Well, I mean, I think that was only for one or two years, though. So you kind of wonder down in the, the depths, like, how much are they really going to be able to offer him? Like, I don't think they want to offer him too much because he's definitely not taking the shots that he was taking in Houston. His numbers are bad. Yeah, like, well, let's, let me bring them up right here. Let me just bring up his numbers here real quick. And while you do that, can I just speak from like Houston's point real quick? Yeah. Uh, What the fuck are they thinking? Because they had to sell so low on this dude and this Uh fucking deal that they did and rather than getting getting him rather than Levert. Like, oh my God, that was terrible. And I think they thought they were going to get a huge haul from him if they moved him by the deadline. And they sold so fucking low. Miami iced them, quite frankly. If Victor Oladipo turns out to any semblance of what he used to be, Miami just fucking iced Houston. Sent in Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and a 2022 pick swap. All they did was swap picks, essentially. (laughs) Yeah, I know. They traded garbage for him. Avery Bradley's not in the rotation. Kelly Olenek needs to fucking not wear a hairnet and move on with his life. I mean, hey, Houston you know just what? got fucking iced. Banish, banish Kelly Olenek's the shadow realm anyways because I'm still pissed at this guy for 2015 when he pulled Kevin Love's shoulder out of socket in the first round of the 2015 playoffs for yep. the Cavs. 
So I really don't care what happens to Kelly Olenek. I'm glad he's not on a contender anymore because I wish this man no success. <laughs> I wish him no success. And I would tell this to his face if I saw him that. And I'd tell I him to take him. that fucking hairnet off. <laughs> Shave your head. So bye-bye. We're not going to miss you. We're going to bring in Oladipo, who even at his worst has a higher fucking ceiling than Kelly Olenek and Avery Bradley in a fucking 2022 pick swap. Like, Houston, get it together. So here, here's what we got on Victor Oladipo. He was shooting 40% from the field on 19 shots per game. That's rough. He was yeah. shooting the exact same amount of three-pointers per game that he was with Indiana, 7.7. And he was basically shooting the same because he was making 2.8 per game in Indiana and 2.5 per game in Houston. So, I mean, that's good enough for a 4% drop, but he's essentially the same. Just a couple more shots weren't going in, it seems like. So I would say his three really hadn't fallen off. Let's see here. His effective field goal percentage went down 30%, though. So that's terrible. Or no, mm. 3%, not 30%. But... um. Shot better from free throw. More assists per game. More re- less rebounds per game. I don't know. It's just, it, Stats aren't going to tell that whole story. I feel like even though I was, we were just talking about how bad his stats looked, I still would say 40% from the field is definitely not good. Definitely no. not good. No. He's, he's closer to shooting 39% from the field than he is to around league average, which would probably, I would say, be around, what, 45 to 46%. So he's shooting well below league average. Putting yeah. up Westbrook numbers. Yeah, it's, it's rough. There's no other way to put it. It's rough right now. So the idea is, the idea is, though, you bring him into a system that he can fit into, I think, just in terms if he plays hard and he is athletic, which what does Miami love? Oh, he, athletic shooting guard, big time. Yep. They love athletic, hardworking guys like that. So if he comes in and he works hard and he's actually engaged, because I could honestly say he's obviously not engaged with Houston, um, even though he's trying so hard. Um, I think I think he can be a good fit for them. Um, overall, though, I think even if it doesn't work out, I mean, fuck, you lose him in free agency and you didn't lose shit to get him, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. This is a very, very low risk, high reward kind of move. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I they know. were already shopping Bradley for what months? Like the yeah. beginning of the season? Dude, they've the been dude shopping Bradley played. forever. Yeah. And Olenek, they're definitely shopping him as well. Right. And because... he's in the rotation sometimes, but like, it's not that important. Yeah. But watch them replace Olenek with Aldridge. Watch, right. them re- watch them replace Bradley with Oladipo. And Olenek with Aldridge. And then this team gets serious. That or Drummond. Really serious. Uh, I don't know about Drummond. Drummond's going to be interesting coming up because I really thought somebody was going to deal for him. I really thought somebody was going to bite the bullet and deal for him. And I'm hoping it was Dallas. But I think it was probably going to turn out more here that he's just getting bought out. Nobody wanted to take on that contract, even though it was only for the rest of the year, I believe, right? He only had a one-year extension on his deal or like like a player option that he opted into last season with Cleveland. So, right. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. That, that situation is going to get interesting here now because they're obviously going to move into a buyout. But, uh, yes, yeah, so let's grade this Miami trade, man. What do you got for uh, 
the old depot move. I mean, from Miami's perspective, I gave this move a B. This is a this is a good trade because they got a player that that's going to be able to fit their system pretty well. Because let's let's draw it back a little bit here and see what when Victor Oladipo was an All NBA player for Indiana that one season, seventeen eighteen season. This guy could really bring back flashes. Even though he had a serious injury and he was out for three quarters of a season and then close to half of a season afterwards. So, I mean, like this, this guy could, he could be that same player that they want because one, he's a clutch player. I'll come out and say he's a clutch player. He always makes a lot of clutch threes for sure. Um, he'll, he'll buy in on defense. This is where he wanted to be. Why would he not completely be bought in? But you know, like that's, that's Miami's ultimate advantage is because, okay, yeah, we see that this guy has been tanking his value forever, but if he wants to be here so bad, then he's going to buy right into our system and he's going to get an amazing shape and he's going to have plenty of time to mesh before the playoffs because we still got a half a season ahead of us here. Right. So yeah, this is, this is a B, this is a B move. I'm not going to give it an A or a B plus or anything, but I definitely consider this a B move. This is a hot, low risk, high reward move for Miami. So I'd have to agree with that. Like, like you're saying, that All NBA season he had. Um, I mean, he he showed some really, really impressive game. Uh, I mean, going to seven games with LeBron. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. wild. Yeah. Uh, how many people can say that? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, so and actually looking like they were going to really contend against them too in that seventh game. Uh, yeah. but obviously they feel short, but yeah, if he can get back to that, obviously this is huge, uh, low risk, high reward. I would say B plus. That's fair. That's really fair because I, I mean, even for Houston, Houston's just sitting back and taking this all in right now because they got two players that they can just, <laughs> they're just tossing guys to the floor right now. It doesn't matter who plays for Houston right now. Yeah. They're going and tank. So I get it. But like, tank. Man, to only get a pick swap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's both teams essentially had their hands tied in this. So they, they got what they, you know, I guess they got what they wanted. But yeah, their hands were tied. So this is, yeah, but this was Miami want Ola Depot first or were they going for, were they going for Kyle Lowry and that? Oh, they wanted Kyle Lowry for sure first. Yeah. Kyle Lowry for sure. Because yeah. there were a lot of indications that those deals had been cut off. The first one was from Philly, but we'll get there. We'll get there on Kyle Lowry because you and I even came out and said that that Kyle Lowry probably wasn't going to go anywhere, anyways. Mm-hmm. And that just all yeah. Fell we through. just said that. On our <laughs> yeah, last right. Episode. Um, yeah. Let's move. Let's move to another Texas team here that made a pretty good move. I think this is one of the most underrated moves of today. This is Dallas getting JJ Redick and Nicola Melli. For James Johnson and Wessa Wandu. They really didn't give up a lot and they got back a guy that's really going to help them space the floor. What was one thing they needed? And that was shooting. Um, I think that they could start JJ Reddick potentially. You can start JJ Reddick next to uh, Seth Curry role. Move Richardson to the. Yeah, exactly. Get him in that Curry role because you know Doncic is going to be feeding him. He's going to have open looks. Exactly. He's going to be taking Josh Richardson's open looks. Well, maybe. I don't know. I think teams are probably still going to leave Josh. He won't be as open as Josh Richardson just because he's fucking JJ Redick. Granted, his numbers are down. He's at a he's at an all-time low for his three-point percentage this year. But I just yeah. don't think what's going on in 
uh, New Orleans is working for him. So no. I think a new look no. uh, is going to really help him with an actual play, a real playoff team, in my opinion, uh, with the mm-hmm. Mavericks. Um, so yeah, I, I like the fit a lot. You plug him into that two guard position where he can just fucking shoot threes, man. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. That's a great exactly. type of player to put next to a guy like Luca. Arguably, you wish you could have held on to Steph, Seth Curry, but you know. I mean, yeah, you definitely don't let Seth Curry go. You don't trade. You don't trade for Richardson ever with on that deal, in my opinion. But hey, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, at the same time, though, this is going to take a lot of shooting pressure off of Richardson. And I think that's what they really needed was to let Richardson just be an athletic wing and let him run the three spot because this guy, he's at least an average defender to a good defender. So I think he just needed more pressure taken off of him because he's not a starting two guard in the NBA. He's not a starting two. Mm-hmm. You can't give him the open looks and the kind of looks that your average starting two guard is going to get in today's NBA. I agree. Uh, he's not cutting the mustard as it stands right now. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, he's just man, some of those fucking, I mean, he gets wide open looks. Mm-hmm. I think his shooting form is just bad too. And that really doesn't help him. Yeah, he looks like he's pushing the ball. Yeah. Yeah. He just like, I don't know. Some like he fucking very, chicken wings that shit too. <laughs> a very worse version of Demi, Damian Lillard shot. Damian Lillard is definitely a pusher too, but ugh. Yeah, I think uh, an important part of this trade, though, to me, is the fact that they got Melly. Mm-hmm. I I've watched Melly a couple times in New Orleans, and this guy doesn't astound me with his shooting, but he seems to be a mobile big man that can collect a couple of rebounds here and there. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe this is a guy that you can move to your starting center position, and you can kick. I mean, the verdict's out for us on Willie Cauley Stein. You kick this guy right out of the starting rotation. Yep, you keep him. You not him be out. in your rotation. Exactly. You kick him right out because now you have Melly. They didn't give up Powell or um, Kleber. Yeah, Kleber. So there's your center rotation right there. So, and plus they got Porzingis, but obviously you don't play him at center. I mean, you can, but I think he's, he's just a jump shooter now. And that just disappoints me. Back in New York, he was like a rim runner low key, but now he's just a jump shooter. And I think he really wants to space the floor in the four position. In the high post, he's so, been playing. He's been shooting a little bit more though, and he's been posting up a little bit more too. That's good. Maybe it was just the fact that his injury was kind of holding him back from being more aggressive on the f- like. Put. I ball mean, on the floor, I'm definitely just concerned about him in general. Yeah, I'm still concerned about him as well. I mean, I'm not sold on that at all. <laughs> no, but I th- I think that Dallas made made a good move here. They've got two players that can really help them, like. I'm glad to see that they've uh, they expanded their their game a little bit with this because <laughs> it's I saw a graphic like two weeks ago that said that Dallas has the easiest remaining schedule in the NBA. So uh, let these guys get completely melted in and maybe go on a run where you win 15 of 20 games and you do come in as like the four or five. Exactly. Yeah, you got the Lakers yeah. dropping. Who's going to jump in? Exactly. Oh, I just. Dude, I can't explain to you how bad I want that four or five Clippers Mavericks. I need it. <laughs> right? Because the Clippers absolutely own the Mavericks. Or no, the Mavericks absolutely own the Clippers. And playoffs aren't changing that. Yeah. Uh, overall, for me, um, I would say A minus on this one. 
Yeah, I have it about I have it a B plus too, because there is some downside to this as well, because neither of these guys really are known for defense. And Dallas definitely needed defense, but they needed offense as well, too. So they definitely went out and got some guys that can help spread the floor. And that's what Dallas's offense is all about. Yeah, they definitely they definitely made a smart move in getting both Melly and Reddick. Uh yeah, I, I agree. The defense is still a question mark in terms of both of these teams. Quite frankly, <laughs> I just Orleans. wonder. I just wonder how far along Mark Cuban is in doing these deals. Is Mark Cuban on the phones with people? Yeah, Mark Cuban definitely knows the game a lot more than people give him credit for. He's always watching basketball, right? Like this guy, he's definitely on the phone. He's yeah. he was definitely on the phones today for sure. Oh, he was on the phones, bro. <laughs> It's his, it's his business, dude. Right? Yeah, there's no way he hasn't learned it. He likes that shit run a certain way, I guarantee. So let's let's move to a disappointing and confusing contender, some might say. Pretender, a lot more might say. The Boston Celtics. Jokes. <laughs> Danny Ainge, you're a fucking idiot. I'll put it right out, out there right now. All right, so you and I have both been very critical of the fact that Daniel Tice will often take threes at the top of the key. He will often take threes in, in the corners, corners, and he will get wide-open looks, and he bricks them 70% of the time, and it looks bad. And it almost seems like sometimes Boston was looking to give him that shot, and that made me puke in my mouth a couple times, more than a few times, especially in last year's playoffs of the bubble. They were giving Daniel Tice wide open threes. But to not discount that, this man was a huge body. He's a decent rebounder. He had close to below average, if not average defense. He was getting played off the floor in the playoffs, though, because he was fouling like crazy. So they traded him today, got rid of Tice, and... To me, it's just like, what else are you going to turn to? Because Drummond doesn't want to play for you. Drummond's not playing for you unless you're going to offer him some stupid contract after like making him like make like $40 million a year altogether with his buyout money. Like you're going to offer him something ridiculous. I don't think that happens. So they ship out Tice and in return, as far as bigs go, they get Mo Wagner from Washington. Yeah, Mo Wagner. And they get Luke Cornett. My God, Luke Cornett sucks. And Mo Wagner isn't much better. They practically got a bag of fucking chips back. Exactly. Like, yeah, these guys are huge and they can both shoot. Like, that's that's the that's the high points for me. These guys are huge. They're both approaching seven foot tall and they can shoot the balls. So maybe Danny Ainge is like, this is the kind of player we needed because maybe they can grow into something that's of average because right now these guys are turnstiles. They're getting absolutely abused on defense and they yep. will be hunted in the playoffs if they yep. get any minutes. And as far as guards go, they got Evan Fournier, which I guess like helps them and on their bench scoring. But like, I don't know, like on the positive side for the Celtics, like Kemba Walker has been looking good. He's been mm-hmm. looking good in the last few, like granted, this is like the last like four games, but he's been looking okay. And so quite frankly, kinda, though, I was less concerned about Kimball Walker than I was about their big rotation. 
Yeah, me too. Because you you kind of had to think that Kemba Walker's shooting was definitely going to come back because he was on the road back from injury and definitely he he joined the season late too, right? He was out the very first part of Boston's season. Yep. So he's just now coming back and getting into game shape and getting warmed up. His jumpers looking like it's looking good again. And yeah, like like they they can't start Fournier because you already have a crowded backcourt with essentially four four guards. Tatum's a forward though, but I still would consider They're him in the front court. Small. Yeah, they're they're a small team. They are a very small team. And now they're forced to I would say they have to start. Well, you know what? We're actually we're absolutely forgetting one person here. One person Tristan. we're forgetting about. No, not Tristan. Robert Williams. Mm. Robert Williams is a real asset, but it's gonna come out. Can this guy play in the playoffs? And there's gonna be times in the playoffs, I think, that Boston's really gonna have to look at themselves and say, okay. We have to play smart. We have to play Brown. We have to play. We have to play um, Tatum. We have to play Williams, and we have to play someone else. We have we have to play a, a five. Like, do you play Williams and Thompson together, and let them just work down low in the post? Granted, that doesn't give you much spacing because then you got two guys that are very limited in range. I mean, don't let Tristan Thompson take any shots outside of 13 feet. Jesus Christ, like this no. guy. <laughs> we saw him in Cleveland every time he tried to pull up. It looks terrible. Mm-hmm. He's got a terrible jumper. Like, I don't know. Boston just, they got a lot to figure out before it's going down here. I'm glad they didn't dump Robert Williams. Had they dumped Robert Williams in this, that would have been very frustrating. But I mean, I don't know. Like, it's now that I've remembered that he's on the team, it definitely gives me a little bit more confidence. But. I just don't think that these two guys that they got, especially Cornette, I don't know why they don't wave him immediately. And I would say that Wagner is probably not far behind if he can prove any sort of offensive capability. Like, and then they got Fournier. I mean, I guess that's better than them having Oyeli take shots off the bench because, you know, he really wasn't making much. Maybe they try to get Drummond in the buyout market. Yeah, but does he want to play there? I don't think that he does. Danny Ainge is going to make it seem like he wants to. Danny Ainge is going to make it seem like the Celtics, oh, we were in the running the whole time. We were we're, we're, we were looking time. for Aldridge, too. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Like, Stop talking gonna... about it and fucking make the moves that actually make your team a legitimate contender. Exactly. Yeah, I know. And like That's all Danny Ainge has been for the last few years, just talk. Flex. Okay, yeah, dude, we get it. You, you absolutely like just screwed Isaiah Thomas and shipped him to the Cavs. And I mean, I don't you didn't even it. draft Jason Tatum. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know the Sixers drafted Tatum or they, no, they drafted Tatum. They just got him in a pick swap. Yeah, they did. Oh, well, yeah. They, they, they swapped uh, picks with Philadelphia and Philadelphia took, um, my God, could you imagine how bad that would have turned out if they would have got, Oh shit. What's his name? He plays for the magic now. Markel point guard. Yeah. Markel Fultz. Could you imagine how bad that would have been if they had Fultz instead of Tatum? Jeez. They would be looking terrible right now. I mean, Jalen Brown probably would have taken a few steps further than what he did back then, but my God, my God, they'd be looking rough right now. Yeah. He'd be, have a blown ACL. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. Celtics just, I don't know. I gave this move a C minus. Yeah, 
I gotta say, yeah, uh, fuck. I want to say D. Uh, I wouldn't go that low. I would say like I. The only reason I was staying out of that territory is because Evan Fournier is going to give them a lot of space on offense, and I think he's really going to help them because he's a he's a pretty good shooter. But I mean, like in the playoffs, like you're probably not going to be able to play him very much because he's going to get played off the floor. Right. Which I guess is why they have options in the backcourt. People are out, saying, out here saying he's a legitimate replacement for Gordon Hayward. What? Yeah, they're like, he's a legitimate replacement for Gordon Hayward. Well, that's legitimately stupid that somebody would say that because like Gordon Hayward was like the playmaker. He was their playmaker. They're missing that now. Yeah. Ignorance Whatever. is what that it was. That is ignorant. Not um, as ignorant as ESPN talking about the beard over Braun, uh, but that's a conversation for another that. fucking day. Let's 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 uh, let's focus on a small trade here, small but significant. The Clippers. I knew you were going to say this. <laughs> the Clippers do deal Lou Williams to the Hawks for Rajon Rondo. I don't think that's important at all. I think it is. I think it's going to be a lot more people important than people realize. No, Rondo's done. Nope. Nope. Because this is probably what Rondo, I don't know. Rondo was definitely seeking the bag after he left the Lakers, but he went and got the bag and went to the team. He really wanted to after all. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Cause he knew the Clippers weren't going to pay him this off season and they ended up wanting him in the long run. And now they're giving him that contract. So I mean, it's good for the, the the Clippers because they finally got Lou Williams off the books. I mean, to me, you can play Rondo in the playoffs. You cannot play Williams in the playoffs. Because Williams... If Rondo's going to be healthy. Hunted. Rondo will be healthy. Rondo will be healthy because you know what? I think that Rondo is just a man possessed. Not in the way that he's just going to go off, but in the way that he just... He has absolutely no loyalty to any team anymore. He has absolutely no loyalty in the most hilarious of ways. And it is just comical. Turned, it is. Is it not? Because literally he went to the Clippers, the Lakers biggest rivals. Yeah. I don't think anyone, I don't, I think everyone knows it too. And they're just like, Oh, it's whatever. It's Rondo. Exactly. At this yeah, point. That's probably what LeBron said too. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, how are we shocked guys? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They were Rondo probably didn't even say like three words in the locker room last year. Kuzma probably came to LeBron and was like, bro, you see what he did to us? And LeBron was probably like, Why are you guys Doesn't shocked? Matter. Yeah. And he's like, this, this is classic not- Rondo. <laughs> exactly. This guy has always been like this. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think I think this could be significant because one, Rondo is a maestro of a playmaker. He's an absolute maestro. He's, I agree. He has a great basketball IQ and he showed his acumen in play in playoff games last season, because this guy is still going to be able to perform. I mean, granted, like you don't give Rondo. I think he went seven, three and like five in the playoffs last year, but like was those five assists were always huge. And he always hit at least one, three. It felt like, you know, that was huge. Yeah. yeah. That was usually a huge three. Mm-hmm. Like just a usually a dagger, like the one that hurts the most. We always call that out whenever someone makes a big shot at the end of the game. That hurts. Mm-hmm. He was usually the guy. 
But yeah, like for the Clippers, like he's not their regular season solution. They still have a lot of questions and a lot of things they need to sort out on in the regular season. And this was some time for him to really adjust to, you know, I mean, he's definitely going to be bringing the ball up and I would say he's probably going to be playing at least 18 to 20 minutes a night for the Clippers. But in the he's playoffs. not going to be... He, uh, well, I don't know. They, they need him. They need him. Because they just got rid of Lou Williams. Lou Williams brought the ball up a lot for the Clippers. Yeah, yeah. He will be getting a lot of minutes, I guess. But if he can do what he did last year and it worked to the same effect that it worked for the Lakers, sure. But I'm not sold on this at all. Because I'm not sold on that culture there. No, neither am I. Neither am I. And I'm honestly surprised because I was hearing little inklings of rumors that Morris was gone. That Morris was being dealt. And I'm kind of Good. surprised that it didn't happen. <laughs> Good, right? Why didn't they go for Norm Powell? Yeah, I know, right? He would have been awesome for them. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, what what would you grade this when you're sitting there looking at it? What'd you grade it? Uh, probably too high. <laughs> I put nope. it as a B. I put it as a B move. I think I'll probably say B minus because realistically, what are you losing? Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, you, you lose a culture player though, because you know, everybody on that team liked Lou Williams. They cleaned out all the old guard though. Now, except for Pat Bev and he and Pat, might as well be gone. <laughs> well, no, Pat Bev's actually been playing in very important minutes for them. Uh, yeah, actually really? quite. Yeah, no, Pat Bev is actually important to them right now and they're not selling on him. Not this season. Uh, obviously they can't anymore unless they bought him out. Uh, oh yeah. But, that's not happening. So, yeah, I guess I'd say B minus, just because at the end of the day, this you're not losing much here, mm-hmm. and really, you just cleaned out the last of the drama. Apparently, uh, I w- I wouldn't think that Lou would be a part of the drama. Everyone said it was Lou and Trez. Damn. That's ridiculous. I can't believe that. I can understand Trez because Trez is definitely in his feelings a lot, it seems like. And he's always added on Twitter. He definitely is. And I mean, I'm not going to fault him because the dude's, he's found a great role on the Lakers. You know what's surprising to me about Trez the most is that him and Kuzma like have this connection. Kuzma is always diamond up Trez. Mm Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like he's always getting them on those little like back door, like little shovel passes. Oh, like, they love to just drive to the rim and then just shove it off to Harrell and he just fucking slams it just home. Throws it down. He throws it down in the nastiest of ways, too. And I love that. Yeah, he gets it. But angry. yeah, like they, they definitely needed to ship him out from the Clippers because they were just they were relying him too much on center minutes and makes you kind of nervous for what the Lakers are gonna be doing here coming up in the playoffs. Are they going to be relying on him too much? Because you can't really play him at center. He's got to be a power forward that's going to be posting. I don't know. Maybe you just... Bro, I could do a whole fucking podcast on the Lakers right now. Just how, <laughs> how, how, our, how down bad I am right now as a Lakers fan. This podcast, low-key, is a Lakers podcast. Let's not mistake that. This is a no. LeBron James Lakers podcast. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not anywhere near. You're usually talking shit about them. <laughs> Well, because we're hard on them, because we love them. Well, but, they're being fucking idiots, dude. They should <laughs> trade him for Lowry. I'm so pissed. 
I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. I can almost say this for one last take. We'll be laughing when the Lakers take home the chip this year. Oof. I just can't say that anymore. I don't know. I can't say that anymore either because you know why? The Denver Nuggets just traded for Aaron Gordon, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go right into this one here. Um, I'm just going to say it right off the bat here. I gave this trade an A. This is an A trade. This is the trade of the day. This is the best trade of the season. I almost want to say A plus. Yeah, it's it's and you know what's even a sweetener to get it to the A plus level? The fact that they dealt Isaiah Hartenstein, a guy at the very end of their rotation, for none other than JaVale McGee. Mm-hmm. JaVale McGee returns to Denver after a couple of years. He was in Denver for I think three or four years before he yep. I don't know where his next stop was before that, but he was there. Four years. And yeah, you know what? I think you're right. I think you're right. And yeah, like this guy. They really bolstered their rotation. This is going to be big for them because now they have a legit three. I don't know. Aaron Gordon's kind of a confusing player because I think he's what six eight six nine, so he's a big guy. And what's what's going to come down to it for for Denver is that he's going to have to buy in on defense. He has to buy in on defense. He has to use the physical elements that he has because yes. he can space the floor. We get that. You'll hit those threes that you can hit and you'll stand in the dunker spot when we need you to stand in the dunker spot. But you better be playing defense. Uh-huh. Or you're not getting minutes. Like, that's just how it goes. Um, I saw the proposed starting lineup for the Denver Nuggets earlier today. And that was Jamal Murray, Will Barton, uh, Porter Jr., Gordon, and Jokic. That's a big lineup. That's a big lineup. That's a big fuck you to all the small ball because this lineup's going big. You got, you got a guy at, I mean, Murray is only, he's big for a guard though. He's six, three, six, four mm-hmm. Barton, six, six. You're playing Gordon at the, I don't Porter know. Six, 10. Yeah. He's huge. Porter junior is huge with a big wingspan. Like that's why he can block, block shots and stuff. That's they why really don't want to sell on him, dude. No, I don't think they I see you and I were convinced that it was time to sell high on Michael Porter Jr., but it's kind of like, you know, they covet him and I don't blame them. And see, I thought Magic would be going for Porter Jr. They kind of iced the Magic, dude. I don't know. The Magic were just in fire sale mode today. And I thought definitely thought the fire sale team was going to be the Houston Rockets this offseason or this during this season because the Rockets are like, Everyone's for sale, and they ended up being the ones that made the least amount of deals, it seems. But yeah, but they traded Tucker. Okay, yeah, but Tucker, how many minutes was he really getting in the long run? They traded Trevor Ariza. Oh, God. Like, that was last season. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was, that's forever ago. That's two guys that they've given up on. That's not even that bad. Like, I don't know. Houston sold something else, but Denver, looking good. Denver's looking yeah. good, and I can't wait to see this team come together. And personally, I can't wait to see the highlights when Jokic is throwing a baseball pass from just in front of half court to hit Gordon for an oop because because Gordon's going to be slashing to the to the basket that often. This team is going to pull a second round upset. Is it an upset at this point, though? Because the, the, the Nuggets have shown their hand. They're elite. They're an elite team. I don't... Don't you think so? I can't say... Elite is tough to say. 
but it's going to be it's going to be a fucking bloodbath in the second round with these guys. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know who it's going to be, but it's going to be a fucking bloodbath. I just don't think that there's let's see. I think Denver beats Utah in a seven game series. <laughs> yeah, we've Den- already seen I, that. Oh yeah, definitely last season. <laughs> they beat Clippers. Even, even though we're seeing the super version of the Utah Jazz, it's really going to it's really going to get tested in the playoffs. Yep. And they're you know really they gonna, got the Clippers number. Oh yeah, they got the Clippers for sure. So I see them defeating Clippers in a seven game series. They did so last year. Paul George will choke them against them. Beating Dallas. They could beat Dallas for sure. And I don't know, like Lakers. They could take Portland. Yeah, they could definitely take Portland. I don't know. I just, I. They could take the Lakers too. They could take the Lakers to seven as well. But can they beat Brooklyn? Do you see this team? If this team makes it, let's see this team makes it to the finals, no matter how they get there. Do you think they beat Brooklyn? No. No. I'm telling you right now, the only team in the Western Conference that could legitimately beat Brooklyn, and this is just because Anthony Davis and LeBron, Mm -hmm. it's the Lakers. If they're healthy, that's the only team in the West that is touching those Brooklyn team, dude. You might go seven games. You might, but you're going to play fucking hell to get there. Mm -hmm. You're not beating them, dude. You're just fucking not. It's going to rely on two things for me. Kevin Durant's health in the long run because he's getting heavy minutes in the playoffs and whether that's even, we're not even talking like Kevin Durant has to even play that many minutes in the first two rounds. It comes down to finals, conference finals and the finals for Kevin Durant. That's where he's getting heavy minutes. That's where he needs to show up because it's getting locked down and you're playing seven, eight guys at the most. And Brooklyn's seven, eight man rotation is absolutely ridiculous. And that's Utah out here thinking they got the best eight man rotation. What a fucking joke. No. When you, when you have Kyrie Harden and Kevin Durant, Joe Harris. Yeah, they have Joe, they have Joe. And then they also have, I mean, they're going to play Deandre. I would say Jeff green is going to make it into that. And I would say if Blake Griffin continues to look like Griffin's being a great role player for them. I know, right? I know. It's so surprising. And that sucks, though, at the same time, because all of a sudden, what if it starts creeping towards playoff time? Blake Griffin is starting games for them. What if I Blake mean, Griffin if he's earning it, we, we said that if he earns it, great. And then just imagine, though, just imagine that Brooklyn walking into game one of the NBA playoffs where they're matched up against, I don't know, the Pacers, if the Pacers make a push as the eight seed, if... Well, Orlando. Oh, you might as well just you might as well just go home. Yeah, because then you're looking down, Kyrie, Harden, KD, Brooke, Blake, and DeAndre. We need to get a we need a New York Knicks first round Brooklyn series. Oh my God, please! And then the Knicks push it to like six. <laughs> oh, I'd love it. I'd love it. I would love that so much. New York would be going crazy. (laughs) The Knicks would be going nuts, dude. There'd be wars in the street. (laughs) I'd love it. I would love that, actually. Please give us that. If the the Knicks can make the... See, the Knicks got rid of Austin Rivers today, too, so they definitely have a chance now. Here comes Austin Rivers. Goes behind the back, getting by Drew, and lost the ball. A little bit too much. 
12 turnovers, Clippers. Poor guy shipped him right to OKC. We're giving that a deep plus. But but yeah, like this Denver trade, this Denver trade, they're ready. They are ready. Mm-hmm. And they're coming I, for the playoffs. Even if Aaron Gordon is only going to score 12 to 15 points a game for them, which I don't even know what his averages are right now for the Magic. I'm going to take a look at that real quick. But let's let me bring it up here. They're coming correct for the playoffs, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't know. Like, Denver also, like, they have Monte Morris. He's in their eight-man rotation when it comes down to it. Like, the, he's a awesome backup point guard who doesn't get completely eaten alive on defense. Let's see. Aaron Gordon's played 25 games, 14.6 points per game, 37% from three, 43% from the field overall, which is eh. 63% from free throw, which is eh. that's way. Here's that's the thing, six- though. He's coming to a new team, a legitimate contender, whole new system, whole new coach. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. This could be huge for him. This could rejuvenate this guy. He's only 25 years old. Dude, that's so true. I had no idea of that either. I thought he was approaching 26, 27. He's only 25. This is 25. his sixth year, seventh year in the NBA. Yeah. That's crazy. Guys don't even start reaching their peak until what? Eight or nine year. And I mean, at least until 28 or 29, that's really your peak. 28 or 29 is your peak seasons. So your eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th range, those years is when you really start. I mean, eight, probably like eight to 10 is when you really start coming into your own. I mean, let's just think about it right now. The, The number one guy I can think of when I think of peak right now, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie's at his peak right now. Yeah. Kyrie's balling out of control. Uh, I would say A for this trade, uh, though, before we get too off track about Brooklyn, we've been talking a lot about Brooklyn. I'm not too concerned about dropping Harris and RJ Hampton if I'm Denver and a 2025 first round pick. Cool. I mean, I I feel like some Denver fans are sad about Harris. Yeah, you know what? Speaking as a Trailblazers fan that also lost some pieces today that I am actually kind of sad about, We'll jump into that next. Yeah, but losing Gary Harris, it's just like I don't like it's it's like watching your dog have to be put down, I guess. Because this <laughs> this guy this guy wasn't good. <laughs> Is it not though? Oh. Is- <laughs> speaking speaking from recent experience, but at, I don't know, like it's just like <sighs> Because let's see how bad of a fall off this guy had. Did you see Jamal's tweet earlier too? I did not. Jamal tweeted too sad face and I know it had to be about Gary Harris. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's 2017-18, 17.5 points per game, 40% from three, 83% from the free throw line and good defense on top of that. A premier shooting guard for Denver this season. Mm -hmm. He's played... 19 games, so he hasn't even been that available. 9.7 points per game. 32% from three. And 73% from the line. He's just trend... Solid? He's trending downward in every way. Hang on. That 17-18 season, he was putting up almost two steals a game, too, and now he's down to .9. He's only playing four less minutes per game from that season. Granted, he's only played 19 games. Okay, yeah, like small sample size, dude. 
Yeah, but still, I don't know. I, what like do we really expect him to go to Orlando and all of a sudden he's putting up 18 points per game again? His jump shot looks broken. It's not good. Well, Terrence Ross is the captain now, so. Uh, yeah. Did well, you see that just, tweet? Yeah, he's just looking behind the captain now. <laughs> captain <laughs> Phillips, that's hilarious, actually. That was honestly one of, the best, one of the best things of today. <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, so, yeah, we both give an A then, right? Yeah, we're giving an A to this. This is an A plus move. Like this is awesome for this is awesome for Denver. And their rotation is absolutely, I would say, on par with Miami's right now. It looks that good. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go ahead and jump into Portland because honestly, their rotation's looking pretty fucking good right now, too. Uh, but sad, sad man, losing Trent, fellas. That's crazy. Yeah, losing Trent hurts for me. Losing Gary Trent really hurts for me because I love Gary Trent Jr. Um, this guy is, I think we're going to start. I think that in Toronto, he's really going to shine because he's going to start at shooting guard for them. And at least he should. And well, I don't know. Cause you no. don't bench Van Vliet. No, you, you run him and Van Vliet together. You run Lowry Van Vliet and Gary Trent at the three. Gary Trent's a great defender. Well, good defender. And yeah, then you He's go really small and you run uh, OG at the four and Pascal at the five. Ugh. 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 That just, ugh. I can't imagine playing Pascal at the five. Sometimes I think he's a three. And then Gary Trent's coming off the bench. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because Toronto didn't get a center today either. Which is what Still they got needed. the buyout market, though. Yeah, well, like, who's the buyout center, though? Andre Drummond. Drummond has like five possible places he could go right now. And all one place has to offer him is like 1.5 mil and the opportunity and a to a bag of playoffs. chips, <laughs> like nothing. This dude's already, he's getting stretched 28 million. That's what I mean though. So why wouldn't years. Toronto be one of those people throwing their name in the hat? Why not just throw your fucking name in the hat? Because he's already been mixed in with the Lakers. Lakers are high key. Probably the number one place he's going to go. I don't yeah. think he's going to Brooklyn. No, I think there's too much going on in Brooklyn for him to go there. Yeah, I think he, 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 the Lakers need him. Yep, Lakers could really need him. Yeah, like I, I've heard that today. Him, he's not the most willing role man, especially not in Cleveland, but with LeBron James at the helm of the point, he's a role man. And you here's no my choice. thing too. If, you, if, they get a, if they get a deal done for him here soon, if he gets bought out in terms of the Lakers getting him, uh, I'm going to be real with you, man. There was games this year for Cleveland that he won for them. And he could impact winning for this Lakers team while LeBron and AD are out. I just don't think that there's any way that offensive rebounding is not an absolutely vital, vital part of any team. And this guy just feasts, feasts offensive rebounds. I would say him and Ennis Kanter are the two best offensive rebounders in the game. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. Uh, the athletic... Uh, podcast the no, no dunks the no dunk guys they call uh, if you get twenty rebounds they have this whole fucking joke they call it just big beef basically <laughs> and, <laughs> and whenever someone gets big twenty beef. rebounds they have they have they talk about it on their podcast because they do a daily podcast um, but it it's it's hilarious though because Andre Drummond was like the leader in uh, big beefs this year until he started getting <laughs> fat and now it's been in his cancer like tearing it up and the other night he almost had one. And like for a moment, the one guy that always does the big beef segment, cause like they, 
they stream on YouTube and they like put together like a highlight segment of the rebounds for their YouTube show. Mm-hmm. But like it's on Spotify and everything too. But like they why they do it, they stream it on YouTube. But uh, they always put together the highlight package. And the one guy that talks about the night, he was telling a story. Uh, his name's Trey Kirby. And he was talking about how Ennis Cantor uh, had like 20 rebounds for a second because he like tipped a ball. But the other oh, team God. ended up getting it and scoring. <laughs> and like in the box score initially showed it as 20 rebounds, but then they took it away. So he only got 19. So like he almost got a big beef. But yeah, since Drummond's been out, it's been Cantor. (laughs) The big beef. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, But the Blazers like, let's, let's roll right into this one. I guess we already have, but like the, I'm not worried about Hood's going. No, I'm not worried about him either, but I badly inside wanted to see Rodney Hood become a good role player for this team. Next good to rotation piece for the playoffs. Yeah, I really wanted to see that because one, he's a big guy too. He's like, you're really Dude, risking... Been... Oh, go ahead, my bad. No, I know what you mean. We've been standing for Rodney Hood for years. <laughs> for, absolutely no... <laughs> for absolutely no reason. It was all he's... because of... Game three in the 2018 finals. Yep. He's tearing it up in Cleveland, dude. <laughs> but he was it was him and LeBron. Yep. He was just, war- he was working that one game. Remember he had like that, like the moment that I really like was like hyped. The most hyped I had been in that entire series was when uh, Rodney Hood took down, I think it was Kevin Durant in the post and just like sized him up and just worked on him in the post. And we both looked at each other. We were like, oh my God. <laughs> We yep. like, where is this coming from? He scored like seven points in the entire playoffs. Dude came out of nowhere. <sighs> Dude came fucking out of nowhere. And I loved it. It was basically him and LeBron in my eyes. At least for that game. My God. Yeah, I've been we've been on Rodney, Rodney Hood, Hood ever since. <laughs> me too. Me too. And I, I wanted him to be a piece for this team so bad. But uh, on the other hand, I don't, I don't mind him going to the Raptors either. That's where I would have liked to seen him go anyways. And the Raptors are going to play him at forward and he can be a great contributor for the Raptors as well. So good on that. Stay healthy and stay on the floor. Yeah. It just, it just sucks to see these guys depart from the Blazers though, because they're just, you know, good. And it also sucks that the Blazers had to already sell on Gary Trent jr. Because I was really convinced he was going to be one of the guys for them coming down the stretch. One of their guards that really was going to step up. I thought he was going to make his way into a closing closing minutes of playoff games kind of role. Yeah. But I, I guess like now you, what's Powell doing? Really Is he have, coming off the bench? Yeah, he has to. He has to, in my eyes, because one, he's only, Powell's only six, three. He's listed at six, three. So he's no taller than CJ or Dame. You can't play him at the four. Granted, he's literally a bigger body than both CJ and Dame, but he has to come off the bench to score. He's six already, man. he's at, yeah, like he's your six man. And because you can't take away minutes from either Covington or um, Derek Jones Jr. You're basically and, putting him in Gary Trent's role. Yeah. Which, which makes sense though, because, because he's way more of an established player and he definitely was showing out this year. He's, he's a guy that's reaching his peak. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Gary Trent's only 22, 20 or 22 or 23 You're right now. selling so, high on Gary Trent. Yep, definitely. And Gary Trent has the opportunity to go take 
take a big role on a team that needs help, that definitely needs help. And Norm Powell is reaching his peak right now because he's getting up in that 20... I think he's like 27 or 28. So he's getting there. He's approaching that age. But this ain't earth-shattering. Do what? This isn't earth-shattering, though. No, it's not earth-shattering either. But when I saw it, I was like, you know, I was a little bit shocked because I was like, damn, I can't believe Portland actually just (laughs) made a move. Like, I can't believe they actually just made a good move. I mean, I shouldn't have been too shocked because they got both... Jones Jr. and Covington this offseason, but like it just, yeah, like it, this could be good for them. This could be really good for them. I only gave this trade a C plus grade though, Oof. because when it came down to it, I'm like, this doesn't answer the question for me. This doesn't answer the question for the Blazers. And I think what the Blazers really, really need is a legitimate power forward. They need a legitimate power forward. And the guy like- I was really. Gordon really eyeing. Yeah. That, he was the guy that was, well, I don't know. I don't, wouldn't even consider Gordon to be a legitimate power forward either, but he would have played great. You move Covington up to the three. And I think you move house or why do I keep, I keep wanting to call him house. Um, move um, Jones jr. To the bench and start Covington and Gordon. And I, Nurkic is going to be back this Friday, actually tomorrow. So That's huge for them. Yeah, that is huge for them because I don't know though. Ennis Cantor in this system just plays well. He He's like, plays he well. been balling hard, man, getting those big beefs. He has. He gets big beefs and he works on the glass. Like this guy is a great inside scorer. I love Ennis Cantor and I love the role he has with the Blazers. I'm glad he has a home there. I hope they don't deal him. God damn it. Like, <laughs> but like, I don't know. The Blazers, they just, they haven't impressed me this season. They've gone through good stretches, but they've also gone through bad stretches. I would say right now they're in an average stretch. They had a stretch there where they had one, I think, seven in a row. They were looking real good. Mm-hmm. And like that was Dame also just going off. And they didn't have CJ or Nurk. Now they got CJ back. CJ's almost just kind of seamlessly stepped right back into his role. Granted, he has had a couple of cold nights here and there, but like I'm I'm worried about Nurk. I'm worried about Nurk being anything of value to them because I don't think that the whole reason I've come to realize this after the fact way, way after the fact. And that's that Nurkic got shipped from Denver because he didn't play good defense. Mm -hmm. Like that's what it came down to, to me is because I mean, Jokic wasn't a great defender either in the same timeline when they were there together. But I guarantee you that, um, Oh, what's their coach? What's Denver's coach? Mike Malone definitely looked at Jokic and saw that potential and knew what he was going to become. And Jokic is nowhere near that level because Mm -hmm. you're talking about guys that have two completely different sets of skills around the basket. Um, There's been times where you and I have both remarked that Nurkic is at times a very bad finisher. Bunnies. Very bad. He just clanks bunnies. Not to mention he was not hustling in the playoffs last year. No, he just looked fat. He looked out of shape. Like he just looked big. Like he's a big body and like he wants to shoot threes now. And like, I don't know that I trust that. I don't know. I just don't trust anything that Nurk is bringing right now. And I just want to give him that vote of confidence, but I just don't know that I can't right now. And I was really kind of hoping that the Blazers would find a big man. And I mean, Drummond would be huge for the Blazers to find too. But like at this point, it's like, who wouldn't Drummond fit? What team wouldn't Andre Drummond fit on? What Except contender like, doesn't want a bunch of fucking offensive rebounds and some defense? Just a huge guy. Yeah, just a huge guy taking up minutes in the pivot. Like, why not? 
So yeah, overall, I give this trade a C plus. It doesn't give me a lot of confidence really going forward into the playoffs though for the Blazers. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I'd have to say, yeah, honestly, I guess I'm right there at a C plus. I can't give this a B. Norm Powell doesn't. Norm Powell doesn't make this team a serious contender. Unless, unless he really, I don't know. I just don't know how they're going to play it because I don't. They they need center minutes. They're not going to bring Canner off the bench and have Covington play the five because they'll just get eaten. It's Powell in the Trent role. in the Trent role. Yep. Like I guess Powell is just going to have to accept that. Like. But let's let's move to a move that we haven't talked about at all today, actually. And we're going to go ahead and give the Celtics the L one more time on this one because Nikola Vucevic and the very first trade that Facts. I actually saw today got moved to the Chicago Bulls out of nowhere. Yeah, right? Right out of nowhere. Like for Otto Porter Jr., big contract, big time loss for the Bulls. So it's great that they moved off of him. There's talks that Orlando might even waive Otto Porter Jr. because his back is so bad. Like this guy says he like can barely run sometimes. Uh, they also get Wendell Carter Jr. This is a center that I think doesn't have a lot of offensive potential, but definitely is a good rebounder and defender. He's a good shot blocker as well. They also got two first round picks out of this deal. So they mm-hmm. definitely got, they found what they were, Orlando found what they were looking for. for yeah, they today. sold high today and they fucking made out with it. Mm-hmm. And they also got a good, good to decent, uh, Four and Alpha Rocamino. Yeah, and I give this trade for Rocamino. Oh, he's not in Chicago. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought you meant he. He. I thought you meant he was uh, going to the Magic, and I was like, no, it's the other way around. <laughs> no, and he barely played for the Magic too. So like, he was hurt for like the entire first year he was there, which is crazy. But like, but yeah, this is a <laughs> this is a big time win for Chicago. Granted, the the entire discussion that I've seen around this trade though is the fact that a lot of people are disappointed that. Chicago didn't go out and find at least somewhat of a point guard today because they really need point guard help. And nobody really likes Sadoransky or Kobe White in terms of playmaking. Yeah. So but... the team, they just have a lot of needs on that front. But they also, this, I feel like this duo between Vucevic and Levine is going to be pretty crazy. I think this is a long term move. I don't think they're too worried about this season. If they make the playoffs, great. Vucevic will probably help you make the playoffs. Um, I don't. I don't even know where the fuck they're at right now. To be honest with you, in terms of record. Um, um, let me. Oh, I can look it up. Say while you pull that up, I will say this. What if this is like? What if this happened because like the all uh, Levine and Vucevic were both all stars, and like they were like talking in the all star game. Could be. Could be. <laughs> could be. I mean, how much say do they really have there at the same time? Because, you know, it's... Uh, I'd say Levine's got a lot of trade. say in that organization. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He could have turned around and looked at the the front office and been like, go get this guy. Go get this guy. We have the stuff. We're going to go get him. Because mm-hmm. the pick and roll, honestly, between these two is probably going to be insane. It's going to be insane. And this is this is a good move. Um, what I'm looking up here, Zach Levine, Levine is the same age as me. Ugh, that sucks. Learn to say his name, Adam. Levine, I know, Levine. You say Levine, Levine every time. Levine! You have to correct yourself grew- every single time. I grew up saying Levine because nobody ever taught me how to say his name. But like, uh, let's see here. I wanna, it's not I really our fault you have terrible parents, Adam. 
Jeez. Sorry, mom. You didn't have to hear that. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding, Carrie. I love you. <laughs> Nikola Vucevic is 30 years old. That's what I was looking for. So he's getting there. But you're getting at least th- three to four more good years out of him, I would say, because he's not a guy that's de- he's definitely not reliant on a lot of athleticism and he's humongous. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely going to be a great piece for them in the long run. Like, I don't know. Chicago could, de- like, they're not championship contenders, but they're, they need to sign, you know, point guard, small forward, and power forward. So <laughs> they can they'll, go into the, they'll go into the offseason season with a nice outlook. Yep, right. Exactly. And they have a really good player, a coveted player at the least. So yeah, like this is this is today's been a good day for the Bulls. And I think they're low key one of the winners of today. Yeah. Uh I would say fuck A plus. I gave this a B plus just because of the fact that they don't have a they really don't have any um playmaking. Because now you're just going your turn, my turn, your turn, my but turn. But you also don't have any real big men. And now you got a real big man. Yeah, but it's arguable that it's arguable. Well, let's look at their big man. They have Felicio at the big as their backup center. Thad Young is a power forward. Thad Young is good. I will hear no Thad Young slander. I'm not they still have Markinen. I'm not slandering him, but he's not a center. <laughs> no, he's not a center either, but they have Markinen too. They held on to him. So that's, he's still a positive, I would say. I don't know if he really wants out and he might be gone after this season, anyways, because I don't think that he came to an extension with them. Mm-mm. But like, they don't want him. No, I don't think they want him either. You know where it'd be a funny place to find Markinen? The Clippers. Cleveland? Cleveland? No. <laughs> I think <laughs> the Clippers would be interesting to, for Markinen. Anyone would be funny in Cleveland, but yeah, I don't know. I hate the Clippers, dude. I can't even think about anything interesting or good for them because I fucking hate them so much. <laughs> I hate them. I mean, too. I despise that I hate team too. Uh, Every time I see them though. on the floor, I'm just like, get these fucking clowns out of here! Like they don't even deserve to be in the league. <laughs> hey, did you see Luke Kennard had a good game the other night? And people, oh, were like, good oh, for Luke him. Kennard's- good <laughs> for him, dude. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Everybody's like Luke Kennard's back. He's back. He'll he'll work his way back into the. He's basically like, going to be the third best player on this championship team. Oh my god! If somebody going suck a dick, like really, like you really think that Luke Kennard's going to be better than Ibaka? Oh my god, that just makes me angry. Uh, there's only really one more big deal here that I really need to talk about, honestly. Uh, yeah, I got a couple other like just individual players. Um, I definitely have today's biggest loser. I'll touch on him real quick. Today's biggest loser. Oh shit, what is his name? Point guard for the Boston Celtics, number 55. Um Teague. What's his first name? Jeff Teague. Yeah, Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague is today's biggest loser because Jeff Teague woke up today. Was dealt to the Orlando Magic in the trade for Evan Fournier and subsequently got a text from the Orlando Magic's general manager saying, don't even show up to Orlando because we're going to waive you. And he's no longer on an NBA team. R.I.P. Jeff Teague. Yep, that hurts. I mean, it's not like Jeff, Teague, Jeff Teague's play this season was really going to be saving him from any kind of, you know, ending like this. But yeah. But yeah, he is today's biggest loser, and I hate to see it, but 
is what it is. Um, uh, yeah, there were there was a couple other trades today, like George Hill. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. The Sixers got George Hill today, which is nothing to me. That is the absolute white flag that they were out on the Kyle Lowry deal to me. Because as soon as I saw that come across Twitter, I was like, well, they're not getting Lowry. And this is like their second best option. essentially." But I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. They're both old as shit. Yeah. And I just, you know, I just wonder like, okay, like this really does help Philadelphia low-key because now you have a guy that has at least somewhat of a playmaking sense and a guy that's going to be able to fit right in defensively as well because he's a good defensive point guard. But it makes me kind of upset that the Sixers shipped out Tony Bradley. And he was big-time insurance for the Sixers during this during the regular season. Granted, they're he's sitting been tearing at 30, it up. Yeah, he's, they're sitting at 33 and 13 right now. So granted, they don't really need too much help but at the same time it's like you're getting rid of a guy that was really bolstering your center rotation and he went to Oklahoma City and I think he's going to be a good asset for Oklahoma City now because now it's him and Horford and Horford sits out about every third game anyways and plays light minutes and the other games that he's in so Bradley's your starting center now they don't have to start this team of all six foot ten stretch forwards out there on the floor. So Oklahoma City definitely kind of made out today pretty well. They also got Austin Rivers, which we've already touched on. Yeah. It's just, you know, that wasn't really that was really your your fringe notes yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that's um, like the last the last deal that's really anything. Um I think he's a solid rotation rotation piece for them. Gives them some playmaking. Is able to take some of that playmaking duty off of Ben Simmons because that dude's assist ratio to three point plays is just out of control, man. It's just <laughs> I hate that kind of stuff. Sorry, I, I hate had to that control kind of stuff. Sixers fans there real quick. But uh for real though, it does take some of that load off of uh Simmons, but the man is old, like I know he was a big piece for Milwaukee and uh, had some flashes in the playoffs um, the past few years. But uh, I guess if he can hit open looks and play make for them, it's not going to be terrible at all. No, that's that's what they need to. And let's talk about the 76ers here for a couple minutes. Um, I'm kind of worried about them still because what I saw from them in the bubble last season was not good. It was really not good because they looked lost and they looked like they had no leader on the floor, which they didn't. They didn't have Simmons and I don't believe they had Embiid either. I think yes, Embiid played a couple. They had Embiid. Oh, they did. They had Embiid, so he was there. They but just looked like trash. They had no one to create for them. And at times, Ben Simmons either looks like this amazing playmaker and like, but it, it a lot of Ben Simmons' playmaking though comes on the fly. It comes on his toes. Like he's mm-hmm. running the fast break. He's running the fast break offense, like really just getting them to swing the ball around and stuff. And that's when the 76ers look amazing. But when it comes to half court offense, I just don't think that Ben Simmons is that great of an initiator because one, when teams have time to set their defense in a half court off offense against or half court defense against Ben Simmons, what do they do? They play eight feet off of him. They play eight feet off of them and they clog up the paint. They clog up any cutting and driving that can go on in the backgrounds. Like they just, they can, and it just stifles them because one Simmons is 
He doesn't want to take threes at this point. He just doesn't want to take threes. He doesn't want to take mid-range shots. So you're forcing him to basically just drive right at this wall of defenders, and that doesn't work. And kick out. So, but who to kick out to when everybody's absolutely D'd up and you're George your Hill perimeter. now? Even then, when everybody on the perimeter is absolutely D'd up and you got two guys staring you down in the paint because and they all have help, there's all plenty of help to go around. Like, it just worries me for the 76ers because Simmons ain't a triple threat. He's not just going to fucking pull up right there in the mid range and hit that. Yeah, exactly. Like, and too many times I have seen Ben Simmons take the ball from a handoff at the end of the end of the court and he'll just sprint and run to the other baseline. Granted, he does it really quickly, but he'll just run straight to the other baseline corner and then just heave an overhead pass like back out to the three point line on the other side of the court and then just not move from the post and then forces somebody else that's not a playmaker to start moving the ball for the 76ers. I don't know. It's just their whole offense is confusing to me and I'm glad they're making it work right now and I'm glad they're making it work with like Toby too or Tobias and like, I don't know. I still have questions for them come playoff time and I still wonder if they're going to make the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they're better than the Bucks this year and I think they have a pretty good chance to beat the Bucks in the playoffs. But... <laughs> I don't think they're beating Brooklyn. I mean, the only problems that Brooklyn's going to have with them is the fact that you have a seven foot unicorn playing under the basket for Philadelphia. Yeah. That's the one thing. Like I really thought Brown was going to keep up what he was doing this year, which he hasn't. And I really thought Tatum was going to take off this year and he just hasn't necessarily. And I legitimately thought Boston was going to be the only real threat to Brooklyn to go seven games. Mm. But then yeah. Embiid turned into a fucking unicorn this year. And good God, the man's been just phenomenal. But is he going to be healthy? Yes, I think... I think that we saw that Embiid is down for the run in the 2018-19 playoffs. In the 2019 playoffs. All it took was one, fad ball, one bad fall, though, and he's been out. Yes, but at the same time, I think this season, his mentality has changed. It definitely has. We can't stress that enough. An injury like that, maybe that doesn't keep him out in the playoffs this season. I don't know. I think that when I, when I, the more that I think about it now, I start to wonder, is Philadelphia actually a good match for, are they actually a good match for Brooklyn? Because nobody on Brooklyn can guard Embiid. And they're going to throw Simmons on Durant. Simmons is guarding Durant every single possession. And, and shutting him down. A, they have a hodgepodge of guys that they can now throw on. I mean, granted, Kyrie Irving will eat George Hill alive. And he will and, ice Danny Green. Yeah. But you have, like, I don't see that being a bad... Simmons can switch, though. And Bede can switch. Switching is hard, though. Switching is, switching is so hard. But... Especially against a team like that. That's insane. I don't know. You're going like, to have to be on a string against them, though. See, you said earlier we're talking about Brooklyn too much. But what are these guys all making moves for? In the East, you're making moves to compete with Brooklyn. Because that's the team that's going to come and down And Brooklyn's to making moves to beat LeBron. Exactly. So they're thinking five steps ahead of everybody. 
Granted, because they're put in an absolutely shoehorned position to do so, but they're they're five steps ahead. And I would say that they're probably not even sweating the Eastern playoffs this year. No, they're not sweating right now, dude. Uh, they're not sweating at all. Well, just crazy. Hey, man, that's uh, over an hour now. We're at about an hour and 20. Uh, you want to go ahead and hit one more take and then wrap it up? Oh, I got to wind up my one more take here. Um, that's fine. I'll hit one ahead. first. One more take. This is like the Jeopardy moment of every episode. Brooklyn takes down Philly. Eastern Conference Finals. Five games. Oh, yikes. Philly collapses. Five games. All right. Well, I'll hit you with this then. Western Conference Finals. Denver versus Los Angeles Lakers. Seven game series. You're not picking a winner. I'm picking the Lakers. Yeah, there, there, there you have it. Uh, that was there one more take. Uh, engage with us as always on Twitter at Pod Dip, on Instagram at the Dip Pod. We appreciate any and all listeners. Richardson, Texas, you are on the boards as always. Columbus, France. Italy, Pakistan, translators out. Canada, we global, bitch. <laughs> we global. I love that Richardson, Texas is always the ride or die. If we ever do a concert one day, we're going to Richardson, Texas. Every time, dude. <laughs> Every time. Even if we only have one person show up. We'll do a live podcast in Richardson, Texas. Oh, love it. Love it. They've probably got some good restaurants down there. Definitely. And they're open up, ready to party. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We are out of here. Peace.